the neighbor comes by and who sold him the horses said, oh my God, I'm so sorry that your horses escaped. You still got to pay me though. The farmer looks at him and says, good thing, bad thing, who knows? Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing David Schnurman. David was introduced to us by Kim Aids from show number 132. David is the CEO of Lawline, the leading provider of online continuing legal education, CLE, in the US. The company recently celebrated serving over 130,000 attorneys with over 3 million courses completed. David is also the past president of Entrepreneurs Organization New York. David is the author of the book, The Fast Forward Mindset, How to Be More Fearless and Focused to Accelerate Your Success. This book shares a very simple formula to consistently break through your walls and fast forward your entrepreneurial success and happiness. He recently gave a TEDx youth talk to high school students to inspire them to reach their full potential in life. David is a frequent speaker to business organisations, colleges and high schools on topics ranging from entrepreneurship, mindset, leadership and culture has published articles on these topics in Forbes. His success has been recognised by his peers in entrepreneurship and the legal industry and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur.com, Cranes NY, The New York Post and Law.com. Lastly, David has a love for adventure and discovery. He's run several marathons, he's hiked the mountains of Patagonia, paraglided in the Colorado mountains, gone skydiving and taken flying lessons. He currently lives in Spain with his wife Kelly and three beautiful children. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing David Schnurman of Lawline and the author of The Fast Forward Mindset. Welcome David, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me here Joe. Excellent. So we uh, were supposed to do this call a, a few weeks ago and uh, we're now at the uh, sort of middle of May and life has changed considerably since we were originally going to speak. So uh, great that we got to speak and, uh, and I'm sure we'll sort of talk through a bit of that as we, as we go through. In, in a way, uh, while we're super busy, we're, we're set up perfectly now more than ever to do online podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. We're at home almost exactly. every, day, every minute yeah. of the day. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, where you do it. Yeah, my name is David Sherman, as you said. I, I, I'm obsessed with living a life with no regrets and the vision that's in my mind of who I think I am. Like it's almost like a movie that's constantly playing that I actually am as fearless and focused as I can be to, to play that out. And so I'm constantly uh, reading self-help books and watching videos and doing podcasts and listening to podcasts and taking action. And so that sort of just sums up sort of like my mentality. And that's why I wrote my first book, The Fast Forward Mindset. And just to give you a little bit more background, I'm actually currently living in Barcelona, Spain with my family. I have three kids under 11 years old. Last year, I uh, was living in New York. I am a member of Entrepreneurs Organization. I'm the past president of the New York chapter, which was last year. And um, we, we came to Spain because we've always had a love for travel. But there's a much, of course, longer story of how we ended up here, which certainly we can get into. And mm -hmm. lastly, uh, my company, Lawline, we're the largest provider of online continuing legal education in the country right now for, for in the United States. And so lawyers, it's mandatory for them to take a certain amount of courses after they get their license in order to keep mm -hmm. current. And so we've mm -hmm. been doing it online. Of course, now that's even more important than ever. Yes. Yeah. So firstly, I have to say um, congratulations for staying in the house with three children. 
under nine yeah. i think you said didn't you <laughs> you, might have, you might hear screaming at some point but so far it's so good so uh you you've had the lockdown a lot worse than we have in in terms of um we when we were able to go out we you know we could and anyone could albeit for specific reasons and so on but your children particularly weren't allowed out were they until fairly recently so that must have been even more challenging never mind all the stuff about homeschooling and so on yeah, I think that read Spain has the one of the most strict lockdowns in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Up until we had 50 straight days where kids were not allowed out of the their apartments. Mm-hmm. I am grateful that we have two terraces in our apartment, um, one looking at the ocean, one looking at Mount Tibidabo. So at least we had that open air that they can go out to, but still mm-hmm. we're in an apartment. And mm-hmm. so really, like it's been tough. Uh, but with the mindset of gratitude, knowing how much worse off so many people were, not only in Barcelona, but in the world without any outdoor space, mm-hmm. certainly gave us some, some relief in that regard. And uh, in a way, we picked up different routines like family movie night, family cleaning hour, which sometimes doesn't actually happen, <laughs> uh, playing a lot more card games together. But on the flip side, yes, it's you know, not being able to socialize with their friends, constant fighting. I have twins, boy-girl twins. So they're on, and there's constant fighting and I have two boys and one girl and yeah, she's always yeah. feeling like they're getting up on her. And so it is, it is challenging and you read every article that's out there and the, you know, you recognize you're not alone. Everybody's going through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it is, it's still the struggle even today because now they've sort of been separated from their friends for so long in our kids were new here in the first place. So mm-hmm. not having that sort of community that you can see a regular basis for the kids it's been a little bit tougher. Yeah, and what about? And this is probably a bit of a rabbit hole for for the um, podcast. But did did they speak the language when they arrived, um, or have they recently learned it and now they're trying to school in a different yeah. language, or are they inter- internationally mm-hmm. educated? I don't know how it works. Yeah, no. One of our exciting opportunities about moving here was learning a new language, especially yes. Spanish, since it's one of the most common languages. Yeah. So none of my wife had some background, you know, very little in Spanish. She lived in Sevilla 20 years ago. She lives in Miami beach or, or she's from Miami beach. So uh, it was spoken a lot, a lot when she grown up. But besides that, I came with zero and so did our kids and we were doing pretty good. Like we're learning and we, that is one of the goals, you know, to become, conversationally fluent in Spanish as much as we can Mm. by the time we leave. And uh, I feel pretty good to where I'm at and and where my kids are at. And it's just, it's just kind of fun to like, you know, you didn't know it before, then you, you watch the same video you watched six months ago and you you understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Without the pictures. (laughs) Exactly. Or just, you know, like in the beginning, like when you first start learning it, you're, you just like, you ask for water and they actually give it to you. And you're like, oh my God, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, it works. So that that's really, you know, using that area of the brain, which you, you know, which they always say learning a language, you know, becoming a, a musician, it, it connects neurons in your brains. It yeah. helps sort of prolong, you know, other challenges you might have. So my wife likes that, that challenge as well. Yeah, I always think that every time I go and play the piano, I think, oh, maybe I'm staving off Alzheimer's. That, that's her biggest, that's her fear. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And in a way, it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm in class right now two days a week. And in the past 63 days, we've just turned it to Zoom. Mm. And in a way, I kind of like it better. You know, you, yes. you can just keep focused on, on the subject mm. and, and keep it going. Yeah, interesting. I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast before, but years ago we went to Spain as a family and we don't speak Spanish. I speak French, but um, I can sort of get by in Spanish because I can pronounce it a bit and I can see the similarities and that sort of thing. And I remember we went to this restaurant once where everything was closed. It was like a Sunday night and there was nothing really open. So we ended up in fortuitously like the most local amazing food restaurant, but they didn't really speak English. And I remember we sat down and I tried to speak to the first person said do you speak English and he gave us this little sort of sign to say you know hang on I'll go and get somebody else and we thought he was going to get somebody who spoke English but I think as it turned out it must have been somebody who was more patient than he was with linking English people because he didn't speak any more English than the previous one <laughs> well they obviously had the person that was nominated to speak to, exactly. to the uh, the silly English people who don't speak Spanish <laughs> there we go <laughs> 
And I love, I love the yeah. challenge of trying to yeah. speak Spanish directly when yeah. you're at a restaurant. And so far, so good. And, you know, nine out of ten times I can, I can get my message yeah. across. Yeah, well, I had the same. When we were um, ordering, I, I turned to the family and said, oh, he says, let's just start with this order and then we can always come back and, and have more if we want, sort yeah. of thing. And then I sort of went, how did I know he said that? <laughs> <laughs> but that is what he said, I'm sure. But anyway, so tell us about your journey to, to, to get there because, um, you know, firstly, if we think about the sort of the bigger picture of what's happening in the world, you have got online businesses and obviously to the extent that you were able to move to the other side of the world in terms of um, how you operate uh, in your business. So you already sort of had started to, to do what a lot of us are having to do uh, because there's no other option. You'd already done that. Um, how did that all come about? Because as I say, a lot of the times on this podcast, I'm sure you didn't grow up wanting to do the things that you're now doing. <laughs> so tell us a bit more of the, that story. Yeah, so certainly if you had to tell me I was involved in some sort of lifelong learning when I was a kid, absolutely I would say yes to that. If you told me I was selling continuing legal education to lawyers, of course I'd be like, wait, what? Um, but the thing, the thing that has been my sort of, my go-to, my, what I constantly go back to is the wanting to, the love for entrepreneurship, the love for learning, the love for getting out of my comfort zone. And yeah. so what, what happened was uh, three years ago, you know, I've, I've been working with so many coaches over the past 10 years. I've been going through so many challenges growing and, and moving my business, a lot of leadership and mindset challenges. Three years ago, I started on a framework. I said, well, what can I do? And I journal every day. What can I do so I can, you know, make sure I reach my limit? You know, we all want to, Whatever, wherever we want to be in life, we want to make sure we don't you know, live that life without regrets. And I put together and I started putting together all this, this research and especially a lot of it for myself on two things that were really important in order to sort of not just say you want to move to Barcelona, but to do it. And uh, the two things that were really apparent to me was having confidence in yourself and, and having focus. And it sounds simple, but it was one of the things that every time I had a wall, I couldn't break through it. And uh, you might hear my son singing in the background, so that, that's part of the point. <laughs> that's the beautiful. Points. Don't worry. <laughs> but but it really started three years before, four years before that, when we have three kids, when they were, our twins were six, and our two year our youngest one was two years old. We just couldn't take it anymore. They, the kids weren't sleeping at night. We just felt like we were being bad parents. Nothing was going the way we wanted to. Mm. And we found this book called Three Questions for the Frantic Family by Pat Lincioni. He also wrote, I think, Seven Dysfunctions of a Team. And in the book, he sort of had us do what we, I did for my business, which is create a mission statement, create core values, create all these things, create quarterly priorities that we weren't doing. And so as we put together our mission statement, it was something like, we want to have trust, we want to have fun, we want to love each other, we want to eat healthy. But the last part was we want to experience life through travel. And we wrote that down and I just looked at it year after year. And before we had kids, we traveled all the time. And I remember just telling like, everyone I would talk to, I would tell them about, that's what I want to do. And finally, I told it to the right person who's like, well, I just lived in Barcelona for you know a year or two. And it was certainly gave me an opportunity not only to travel the world, but to experience a whole new life yeah and that was sort of the idea that was put in my head for five or six years ago uh and just kept reinforcing what i put into writing from that conversation and i kept pushing myself forward to the point where we're here today but never really thinking it was going to turn into reality mm. yeah so as you said, that the, the real key thing is about sort of that confidence and and that focus. And it's, I I I've always said I'd like to, like to live in France, and it's definitely lack of confidence that's that stopped me. I mean, I could make arguments that it's circumstance and I don't know money or whatever, but it, it's probably more that thing about oh, how do you go to a country where you don't speak the language and you don't know how the the world works and you don't know how you know, all the sort of laws work and all that sort of stuff. It, it, it is fear, isn't it? But then that must apply to so many things in our lives that it's fear that's holding us back and fear of, I guess, the unknown and the scariness of it. Yeah, yeah so there, there's two things that I like sort of when I started looking at why, you know, 
what, what you just said, like a mental wall. You want to live in mm-hmm. France, but you can't move there. You want to start a podcast. You started a podcast and you're continuing a podcast. Yeah. But there's probably a lot of things that, you know, we've, that are in our head that we, we don't start to do. And I can share two sort of quick things that not only, so to me, it's about how do you get out of your comfort zone? And the second part is once you're out of it, how do you overcome or nip fear in the bud so you don't end up back in it? Yeah. And one technique that's been a game changer for me, have you ever heard the question, uh, the phrase, good thing, bad thing, who knows? I have, and I can't remember in what context, and I probably couldn't explain um, what you're about to tell me. So please, yeah, carry on. So, uh, well, I'll just tell you this. this. This is my sell on the phrase. The phrase changed my life, and I was able to implement it the moment I heard it. And so because you never heard it before, and I, I want to give you the context, I'm going to tell you the story about good thing, bad thing, or no. It'll take two minutes. It's a yep. thousand-year-old parable that mm-hmm. is transformational. Uh, there is a farmer and his son. And the son and the farmer have three horses. The next day, uh, there's a, one of the, the gates where the horses are in, breaks open, and the horses escape. The neighbor comes by and who sold him the horses said, oh my God, I'm so sorry that your horses escaped. You still got to pay me though. The farmer looks at him and says, good thing, bad thing, who knows? Two days later, those horses, not only do they come back, they bring 10 wild horses with them. They get them in, they see them, they close the gates, they fix and repair it. The neighbor comes running over and goes, oh my God, you're so lucky. You now have... 10 wild horses plus the three I sold you. You're the richest guy in town. The farmer looks at him and says, good thing, bad thing, who knows? Two days later, the farmer's son is riding on one of the wild horses to try to tame it. He falls down, he breaks his arm, he breaks his leg. The neighbor sees this, he comes running over to help. He goes, oh my God, this is so terrible. It's the worst thing that can happen. Of course, the farmer looks at him and says, good thing, bad thing. Who knows? You know, maybe if it's my son, it's a bad thing, but I guess this guy's tougher than me. And then, mm-hmm. and then finally, there's a war that breaks out. And all 18 to 24-year-old men are conscripted to go in the army. The farmer's neighbor, the neighbor's son is conscripted to go. He comes over crying. Oh my God, my son wants to go fight in the army. You're so lucky. Your son's injured. He doesn't have to go. And of course, what does the farmer say to him, Joe? <laughs> good thing bad thing who knows <laughs> yeah and, and so yeah the moral is we, we actually tend to label situation well, as soon as we label a situation good or bad mm. we experience it as good or bad mm-hmm. and we tend to label situations bad 20 times more than we label like this good and how does this relate to you wanting to move to france i'll tell you many times we're afraid to get out of our comfort zone because we're afraid we're going to make a bad decision it's not going to have the outcome we, we want. And as soon as you're able to recognize whatever decision you make, whether it's moving to, to Barcelona, whether it's starting a podcast, even if it doesn't have the outcome you want, like we just launched something two weeks ago for our company and it's tanking. It's not doing well. It's losing us money. It's lo- making less money than we thought. It's potentially a bad outcome, but it might lead to something even better. You're yeah. able to make more decisions to do things without, you know, without that fear. And if you're able to start thinking that phrase whenever something happens instead of labeling it, you're able to take get out of your comfort zone more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you. I'm just thinking about how that applies to our current situation. And um... I, I, can, I can tell you because, <laughs> yeah. no, I can tell you something because there's not that specific thing. I mean, that yes, because mm-hmm. there's two things. There's things that you can control, which are decisions that you make. And then there's things that you can't control, which is the weather, politics, COVID-19, your employees, your spouse, almost everything else, because there's only two things that you can control, and it's how you think and how you feel. Yeah. And do you know uh, Jack Canfield? Yep. So do you know the phrase E plus R equals O? No. Okay, so... E plus R equals O is event plus response equals outcome. Right, yeah. And yeah. too often people want to change the event. They want to prevent, they, they want to blame COVID. They want to say, if it wasn't for COVID, I would have a bigger business. If it wasn't for COVID, I would be happier right now. Mm-hmm. But you can't do anything about that. And so the only thing you can do is change 
how you respond to that event. Like, okay, COVID sucks. What can I do in regards to that? And so in, in a way, uh, you know, good thing, bad thing, who knows is also another way of understanding you're not, you know, you, you can't control You can, you can take action. So right, right now you can take action. I'm sure there's things that you're thinking that you want to do right now, Joe, that you may or may not want to do based on this. Like we were talking about uh, somebody's company. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to make the decision to go fully remote afterwards. That applies completely to the situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe they think it's a bad idea. Maybe they don't. So they can use good thing, bad thing they know to figure that out. I, yeah. mean, I mean, obviously when it gets to health, the line starts to get a little bit trickier because certainly death is, is pretty final and health is a whole other scenario. Yeah. But you, you can start really looking to everything in your life that you're, you have fear to do yeah. uh, and apply it to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, when, even from when this first happened, I, because I've been doing the podcast and I do a different podcast as well and I'm on lots of sort of online calls and I have been, you know, I already was sort of thing obviously I've had to sort of have an opinion and, and it, it's um, obviously the, the sort of horrendousness of, of, you know, all the deaths and everything else is, is just, you know, awful. And we have to acknowledge that at all, at all times through it. But I've had sort of a lot of moments where for me, there's been some really positive things that have happened. And it is sort of that, you know, one example is, um, or two examples. One of them is Ellie, who does the intros. My daughter, she's 13. She is not a a go-to-bed-early person like me, and getting up to go to school at 7 in the morning is her her worst nightmare. She's been, you know, getting a a ton more sleep. Um, She's, you know, she's not finding the schoolwork so easy because she's a deadline-driven person (laughs) like me and uh, has to try and motivate herself. But she... She's been so lovely and given we've been stuck in a house with a 13 year old for seven weeks, that might not be something that I would have been saying ordinarily, but there's been some real positives and, you know, some great time spent together, which, which we wouldn't have had because yeah. we're just so busy. Um, I and love second, that she's doing your intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best, the best ones, if you listen to like show one, two, three, she was only about eight and she sounds really cute. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and, um, but the other thing is I, I started an online networking group a couple of weeks ago. I've been wanting to start one again, having had an offline group about eight years ago and I just couldn't find the right sort of format to give me the sort of impetus energy to, to get on and do it. And then it suddenly dawned on me having gone on a, a networking uh, meeting since this happened that had worked really well with zoom and breakout rooms and everything else that this was my opportunity to do the thing that I wanted to do in the way I wanted to do it which I don't think would have worked three or four months ago because the idea of online networking for most people you know was was not something they'd probably choose to do whereas obviously now it is the only option um and so yeah I just got got on and did it we've had two meetings they went well, and I'm really excited about sort of continuing with it. I have no idea what will happen once the lockdown has, you know, fairly lifted because people maybe won't want to do it, but I suspect some people still will. But, yeah, so that was one of my positives. And that actually brings up sort of – so there's three steps to the fast-forward mindset. Step one is taking action to get out of your comfort zone. Step two is nipping fear in the bud to, to keep yourself out. And step three is to find your focus once you're out. And that, that – talking about sort of starting your networking group, which sounds awesome. It, it reminds me of, you know, sort of in, in order to, you see, you don't know what's going to happen with it. What, one of the things that I found, and I don't know if, if you found this too, is one of the biggest challenges we have to, to you know, once we get out of a concert and we start something to keep it going for the long time, long term is uh, about keeping commitment, making commitments and keeping them yeah. and actually creating a plan with dates to that. And I, and I find one of the things that another thing that changed my life when I read it, I mentioned Jack Canfield before. It's also from Jack Canfield uh, from the same book, which was the success principles. It was principle number 54 where it, the um, principle was keep your agreements and yeah. essentially keep your commitments. And he, he gives a really great example uh, that again, once I heard it, I used it for the rest of my life. I'm, I don't know if, 
there's time, I could share that. It's about a two minute, one to two minute example that yeah, I think would be a good takeaway value. Mm -hmm. So, so when I read it, it was about 2012 and he, he tells a story about, he taught classes and in the class he has everybody sign up uh, agreement that they won't come in late. Uh, a few days late, later in the class, of course, several students come in late and he says, well, you broke your agreement. And one of them says, well, it's not my fault. I can't control traffic. And Jack looks at him and goes, well, what if I told you if you were late again, your son would be killed? And the guy goes, whoa, if my son would be killed, I would never even leave. I would just stay right here. And while it's an extreme example, it's to show that we have more control in our commitments than, than we usually mm. think we do. Mm. And from that moment on, it, it, I use that filter for two reasons. One, uh, I try nine out of 10 times or 9.9 .9 out of 10 times. So at that point, when I read it, I was canceling meetings all the time. Like when I had to cancel with you two months ago, it was very specific, urgent thing with one of my children. Mm -hmm. And I normally don't do that. Uh, I was canceling meetings all the time. I had kids who are two-year-old twins at the time. I wasn't staying in shape. And I um, was not cleaning the dishes at home. And so I decided to keep my commitment, all three of them, in, in order to stay in shape, I decided to run my first marathon using this sort of, you know, if my ch child's life was on the line, yeah. would I do it? Yeah. And what it's allowed me to do is become more reliable to myself, but also commit to less things. And, yeah. when I, and so one of the things that I've committed to over uh, quarantine is, not, is doing yoga every day with my wife. And I did it right before this. And I'd never done yoga before. Now I'm on day 63 of it. And mm. uh, do you know who Jerry Seinfeld is? Yep. The ticking the, um, the, the ticks on the wall. The, the, talk about? the, the not breaking the chain. Yes. Yep. Oh, you know it. See? Okay. Cool. I do. So, <laughs> so I, 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 those little techniques, like not breaking the chain, like he yep. did one joke a day for 30 days. Mm -hmm. That's what's allowed me to keep yoga up for 63 days. I'm, I'm so afraid yes. if I miss one day of yoga, there goes the whole ball game. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is there anything yeah. you have that you do right now that uh, is, you try not to break the chain? Um, yeah, good question. I did, I did start doing exercise actually when we first locked down and I, I did put it up on my whiteboard and I was ticking it off every day, but then I got ill. So I had to stop But uh, and I haven't sort of redone that, but I have, um, uh, oh, it's funny you put me on the spot now. I probably do have things that I, I do, but I also, um, I also sort of go on the other side of it, which is against what you've just said, which is I, I have a sort of, um, be flexible policy as well, but not to the extent of uh, then not doing things. But um, I'm just trying to think what an example for, for that. Yeah, no, be. It, it, to be honest, like most people don't, like unless you actually, it's most people, like you just don't have something to do every day and because it's not normal to, to have one dedicated thing. And, no. I, I, and, it, and it gives me such, it actually gives me more ability to, at least during quarantine, to be flexible. Yeah. So what I've been doing almost every day I create my schedule for the day in the morning mm -hmm. and I know there's certain things that I need to fill in calls, yoga, uh, and, and probably some other, ex, you know, running if I do that and then kid time mm -hmm. and then everything else you sort of just, you leave open to be flexible. Yes. Yeah. I suppose, I, yeah, I suppose the other side for me is that I was talking to one of my members the other day who helps people with, um, uh, eating and diets and so on and somebody had said oh you know I I ate a cake and I wasn't supposed to and she said you can't like sort of stop everything because it didn't work on that day she said to start again tomorrow and and I think there's actually those two things one of them is that you know keep that chain going and and really commit and be disciplined to a limited amount of things because the more you have the less likely you are to to do it but then in, in some cases some cases with some of these things it's also about not beating yourself up if it didn't work because well, that can make it even worse, can't it? Well, to, to be honest, one of the other reasons I, the, the motivations for writing the book and putting it out there was I was so sick of feeling of, of beating myself up every day mm -hmm. because one of the biggest areas I beat myself up for is I, I wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to work out today. I'm going to run today. Dave, you're such an idiot. You didn't run. What's wrong with you? You said you were going to do it or, or, or you don't eat the right way. Mm. I was just so sick of feeling like kind of like a, a, a loser, like breaking these commitments yeah. to myself. 
And so to your, to your point, it's, it, you, ha- you, you have to give yourself a break and recognize like every single time you do that, you're not alone. Every single person goes through this struggle. Like every single person goes through this struggle of trying to figure out what, what, you know, what's the right commitments to make for them and what they're doing. And you just got to, to your point, give yourself a break in those areas mm. and, and focus on sort of the, the bigger picture. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about how you do your work. So you, you work online, you were working online already. Uh, you're working with a, a, a sort of fairly large organization in terms of the deliveries of, of what, what you're providing to people as well as obviously having written the book and you're doing it from a different country in a different time zone. So how do you, how do you make that all work? So four years ago, we hired uh, an executive coach to work with our team to actually create a foundation. And we, we use this book called scaling up by Vern Harnish. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that? I, don't know. I have briefly. I've not never read it, but yeah, okay. it rings a bell. And it's about building systems and frameworks in your business. And because mm-hmm. the reason before that is over a six year period, I went through uh, three different chief exec uh, operations officers. Mm-hmm. Um, two years, they would leave. Two years, they would leave. And one of the reasons I, I realized we, what we were missing in our business was clear accountability, clear priorities, clear communication channels, clear meeting rhythms. And when we had those struggles and then also trust <laughs> and respect between me and, and who I was my number two, Mm-hmm. And if, back then, I would never have been able to do this. It would just been impossible. And so over time, we've built these, these structures in place where my role in the, in the business is I am the visionary and my COO, Chief Operating, op, Operations Officer, she's the integrator who helps integrate my vision. And mm-hmm. that's from a book called Rocket Fuel. And it's really, really a, a well-structured st- area. And so that is how I'm able to do it because we have the right meeting rhythms in place and the right team in place. And then it's sort of kind of cool because I'm in the future. I'm six hours ahead. So (laughs) in a way there's been this gift that between, you know, seven in the morning or eight in the morning and and 3 PM, I don't have this pressure or stress of needing to feel like I need to communicate with anybody in my company because I can't because they're sleeping. Yeah. So it allows me, because I know it's a big thing of what you focus on. It allows me not only to have deep focus work, but it allows a lot of personal me time. Mm. Uh, and a lot of that personal me time is either sp- uh, Spanish lessons, working out, running. It's, you know, my kids are in school. So it's just different things to help me in my mind and, and in my health. Yeah. And it's, if, if you can't take care of your, your mental health and your physical health, nothing else matters. And mm. I, I can't, that, and that's why it's sort of the foundation of, of many of the things that, that I'm working on is, as an individual, which is personal freedom, the ability to leave, live wherever you want to live and, and do what you want to do. And, mm-hmm. and I feel grateful that in many ways uh, that's, that's where I'm at, except for the COVID thing where I'm stuck in my yes. house. But. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, can, I completely get that. I, I particularly, um, that's one of the reasons I, I work uh, quite late at night um, quite often because I'm a bit of a night bird but also it's such a nice quiet time where you're not getting any sort of hassles and I love weekend working even though lots of people wouldn't do it <laughs> um, but not as extra work for me it's just how I you know schedule the work it's because sure, I love sure. the fact that I can do deep work at the weekend because exactly. there's no requirement to do anything for anyone else because nobody's expecting me to sort of respond to them so absolutely get that what about at the end of the day when you have finished and everyone else is carrying on how do you manage that because obviously the family time is important and and everything else but your business is still running whilst you're in your evening how do you sort of balance or manage those two i smile because (laughs) i am with my family and i know i have a team who's focused on what they need to do obviously it's been challenging for everybody in the world right now now everybody's remote we were only partly remote before. And so yeah. everyone's going through their own thing, but we've done such so many things to take care of our, we, we have core values in our company and like we really put everybody first and like from like sending them um, food weekly now at home to 
we, we've donated tens of thousands of dollars to charities who are feeding frontline uh, medical workers in the U.S. And how did we get who we were going to donate it to? We asked, because we're in New York City, that's where we're based. Yeah. We, we actually got recommendations from our employees because so many of them have friends or family who actually either own restaurants or worked at hospitals. And so we're empowering them to actually help change, you know, help people through this, this, this rough time. Mm. And so, yeah, to answer your question, I, I feel really great because I have a, a team in place and if, if they look, I, my rule is I'm always available. Just WhatsApp me. And obviously if I'm busy, I'll let them know unless it's super urgent, but very rarely do I get calls. Yeah. Uh, late into the night yes yeah yeah it sounds sounds like you've got it quite well sussed at the moment i mean yeah but look just like everything there's 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 challenges and struggles but that's part like it it's like to me like what i realized and what the fast forward mindset is about my happiness is constantly finding ways to push myself out of the comfort zone it doesn't mean, by the way, for me, being out of the comfort zone is not a 10 out of 10. It could be just literally like a one out of 10 or two. Like it could be doing yoga. Um, and so with that comes stress, comes, yes, panic attack, like just different things that kind of you, you think everything's fine. And out of nowhere, you're just like, you know, freaked out about mm-hmm. something that you, a decision you made and whether it's the right decision. So there's definitely both sides to mm-hmm. every part of it, but it's just, it's having the perspective when those do happen, recognizing you're not alone, that you'll get through it. And, uh, you know, that the one phrase that kind of gets me through everything is good thing, bad thing, who knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about actually getting things done in terms of your tasks and, and the sort of uh, sort of technology and, and systems that you're using? I'm imagining that that you have systems for yourself from what you've told me already. What sort of things can you share? So we've been using Trello. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, it started with one person in the company using it, then two people, then a department, then the whole company. Then we bought the the licensed. I don't know if you're are you familiar with Trello. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's like what's it's a way to do project management in a, a very interesting, intuitive way. And yeah. my it's interesting because my kids in their school, the, the mm-hmm. teachers are using Trello to help them organize their classes. So I was like, well, if my kids are using it, I know we're in the right place. Yeah. So we, we've been using Trello for a long time. We've been using Zoom way before Zoom was popular like it is now because yeah. we have Zoom rooms in our office. It's, we're all structured there. And um, our platform, our website, is completely obviously an online education product from the beginning. So we've yeah. always had online education and yeah. the whole system has been set up to work from anywhere at any time. Mm. So, so between Zoom, oh, of course, Slack, and yep. you know the, the core, the big three: Slack, Zoom, and Trello. Mm. It's essentially mm. what, is, and of course, Google Drive, yeah. uh, which you know everybody has been a godsend, but that's been around for a while. So, I'd say those big are the three like communications with you know Google Drive really backing you up. Yeah, yeah, that's simple. Yeah. Lovely, thank you. So, a question that you may not be able to answer because it's, it's slightly commercial is um, whether you've seen a sort of increase in people studying or the opposite since this happened. And I'm only interested in the fact that I thought the podcast figures would go up during this time because people would have more time because that's what you know everyone was saying out there about how they were going to pick up all these hobbies and everything else. Um, they've actually gone down, and I have hardly listened to any of my podcasts, um, and I listen to a lot of podcasts normally. And it's partly because I'm busier, but also I think the sort of routines that I had to listen to them, like when I go walking and things like that, I don't have. And when I walk on our treadmill, I watch things because listening doesn't seem interesting enough when I'm just in my porch. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just intrigued as to, you know, online learning, whether generally you think that's, you know, had the big increase that everyone sort of expected it would or whether it's not quite worked that way. I can give you a personal experience and my mm-hmm. business experience. Yeah. So for my business experience, yes, we're probably up 20 to 25% in, mm-hmm. in volume. I think one of the reasons um, actually is every state has different accreditation rules. And so a lot of states that did not allow you to take online learning before overnight uh, right, changed yeah. the rules. So now mm-hmm. people who could, so everyone's just kind of jumping in to try to get that done now. 
Yeah. And hopefully the lawyers will be really pushing to keep it that way for good. Yeah. yeah. And so, I guess as well, you're, because it's CPD and they have to do it, there's probably exactly. an opportunity now to sort of tick the box yeah. and get it done sort of thing. And also, yeah, to, yeah. and so like, you know, the first five, six, seven, eight years of business, we we're just like, oh, just get it done, tick the box. And yes, that is a big part of it. We really value the content. We have 1,500 hours of courses. And so there's a lot of lawyers in transition right now. There's a mm -hmm. lot of lawyers trying to figure out what's next, how to support themselves and their clients. So we're yeah. putting on a lot of content. We put in the past few weeks, 20 courses related to COVID and COVID related things to help them in their practice, yeah. to help them better serve their clients. And people, and you know, thousands of, of attorneys are watching that. From a personal point of view, I mentioned before, there's two things that I've done new from a learning standpoint that I've never done before. One is online yoga. So I'm using two apps to learn yoga and they're done amazing. And I'm learning, like I'm learning in my head. I've never been to a live yoga class before, but I've just been watching the videos. And yeah. then secondly, before I was able to run, I don't have a treadmill here. So I find I created like a little loop in my apartment to do 10,000 steps, which took about an hour and a half. And I've never, I started listening to podcasts and I never did that before. So I actually had more time uh, to yeah. listen to podcasts than I've ever had. And so and those are two examples for me, just how like my online learning is, is a little bit more than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know that's a sort of another link to a question then about now and the new normal, whatever that looks like. Is there stuff that you're doing now that you're going to carry on with? I, I'm intrigued about the yoga. Do you think you'll go to a real life yoga class or do you think you'll stick with what you're doing? What, what do you think will... I can't, I can't wait. It's sort of like trainings up when you go to a real class. Do you really know yoga or do you just know uh, online yoga? Yes. Yeah. I look forward to that. And of course, if we're at a real class, hopefully that means we're in a much better place uh, as yeah. a society. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is definitely yeah. something. Uh, and I feel it. I feel stronger. I can feel it in my core. I feel it. And I'm also doing calisthenics. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's an app called Seven. And it's, seven, it's hundreds of different seven-minute workouts. So I've been doing that. And so in a way, I'm like in better shape in a different way than I've ever been. Because not yeah. only like I'll go to a run for a run and, you know, do a couple things at a gym, but I'm working my body out different than it's ever been done. And it, yeah. it's, so I hope to keep that up too. But yoga for sure is, my wife's been doing it for years. And I'm like, yeah, I'll never do that. It never <laughs> crossed my mind. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, transparent or vulnerable or whatever. The reason I started yoga in the beginning is – I was, I was having some, I was getting, like getting panic attacks the first week or two. I thought I had COVID. I wasn't feeling well. I was just like needed to get out of my mind. So yeah. I almost used it just as meditation. And, and then I just kept it going. Mm -hmm. so I did it out of desperation. <laughs> well, you know, forget why you're doing it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. And, and, and on the plus side as well, if it's chucking it down, not that it does it much in Barcelona, um, at least you've got a new walking route. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I figured it out. Each loop is 100 steps. Yeah, a lot of time in my apartment. I, I'll tell you, it's sort of like, um, have you ever heard that thing about if you, you know, when they're sort of training elephants or whatever, they tie a string around the elephant so it can only go three yes. feet around. And then when so, you take it off, they don't move away. Yeah, it's so, sort of how yeah. I feel right now. Like some days I'm just like, I'm not going to run. I'm just going to walk in circles around my apartment. And I'm good with that. My, my kid, my daughter makes fun of me. She's like, oh, daddy's walking circles again. Oh my God, that's all he ever does. <laughs> so to a couple of questions then. What are those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those days? What do you do? Um, I have four things that I do that help me get through moments like that. Number one is I journal. And I, like I said, I, I journal daily. Um, if you actually go to fastforwardmindset.com, I not only journal daily for the first 150 or so days, I shared those journals online about what it was like to move and live abroad with my family. And I did that for my family first and then other people really started liking it. So mm -hmm. when I journal, sometimes I'm stressed. I don't even know why I'm stressed. I use it to work out my emotions. Yeah. Number, number two, I really focus on not complaining. And I got that from a book called A Complaint-Free World because as soon as – you know, it's hard to smile 
and frown at the same time. You know, if you're, if you're not complaining, you're focusing on sort of, you know, if you're in the positive side, you, you can't look at sort of, you just have to focus on what's what you're grateful for. Yeah. Um, number three is I write down five in that moment, literally I'm trying to give you things in the moment. So I, if I'm complaining, I stop the complaint. If I have an issue, I write down five things at that moment that I'm grateful for. And then the fourth thing that I do is I fill other, fill other people's buckets. Have you heard of the book, fill your bucket? No, but I can imagine what it means, but do do explain. So, so, so ultimately there's a children's book and a business book about it. And we all have this, this imaginary dipper where I can either fill your bucket with positive energy or I can dip your bucket and take it away. Mm-hmm. And, but the biggest secret, and this is why I fill other people's buckets, we're telling you, you know, you, re- you ask really good questions and I love what you're doing. You tell good stories is when, when you're giving somebody authentic, real positive re- energy, you actually are filling your own bucket at the same time because you know, you're going to make them feel better. So a lot of times when I'm going through stress or having real bad days, uh, it, whether it's company wide or personal wise, I'll, I'll take two or three people and I'll reach out to them and, and then something that actually is mean something and I'll, and I'll give them positive reinforcement. And those four things, uh, journaling, gratitude, not complaining and filling your bucket generally help me in those moments to, to get out of it. And, yeah. it, and there's other, obviously other things too, but also recognizing you're not alone. Is, is a key thing, especially right now. There's a billion of us, billions of us, everybody of us who is dealing mm-hmm. with the same struggles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, lovely. That, I really like those those um, concepts. Thank you for sharing those. Sure. And, and then finally, what about those days where you get to live more, which is where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What, what do those days look like? And um, I'm, I'm thinking that to begin with, most of your days probably <laughs> given <laughs> given that's what you work on all the time but uh, yeah what, what's what's that day look like or living more day well it's interesting you know just like anything where wherever you go you end up getting to the a routine where days become normal and the same right mm-hmm. but i could tell you before covid happened we had traveled because of my wife she really pushes us to 22 different places from morocco to lisbon to Italy, to France, you know, all throughout Spain. And to me, that is what's amazing. Like that's when I'm doing traveling and exploring and seeing something new for the first time really is so exciting. And we went to the Sahari desert with our kids and slept there. And then the other part is from a fitness level, when I push myself like a marathon or do a 15 mile hike or, you know, do a, a really hard workout, that really is something where I just feel good. I feel energy and I, I'm able to give that energy back to, to those, those around me, especially my kids. Mm-hmm. And the final part, you know, it's tough during COVID, but when I feel like I've really connected with one of my children and helped them grow or and I've seen them be creative, um, it's really energizing for me. And, and that's somewhere where I just feel like I'm never doing a good enough job, especially now because it's really difficult. Yeah. And sometimes I feel as, as well as I'm doing, I could be doing better there. Yes, I, I'll obviously, I can't disagree with you, but everything you've told me so far on this podcast uh, would indicate that, uh, that you're um, doing way better than many people. <laughs> Thank you. Can you tell my children, please? Yeah, no, I've said on this podcast before, my, my daughter always complains that I'm ne- I've never done anything for her. And then uh, when I sort of say, well, hang on, I started a business before I even had you so that I could work from home and do stuff with you and for you. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. It's never good enough, is it? <laughs> but it's, it, it's sort of like whatever you did as a kid, it's coming home to roost. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So it's been lovely talking Thank to you, you David. So much, really, Jeff. really appreciate your time. Um, tell You're people well. how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Fastforwardmindset.com. You can, like I said, not only get by the book, but you can read about my journey to moving to Barcelona with the family. And I get pretty vulnerable and also share the, the highlights. So it's, it's kind of a good journey. My hope is to inspire people 
to, to get outside of their comfort zone, whether travel or, or something else, LinkedIn, David Schnurman, or just email me at david at lawline.com. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 162, then you'll find them there. And this is just going to be really short and sweet this week because it's been such a busy week. I've been involved in uh, setting up and running a seminar um, series this week, uh, which we've only really organised over the previous three weeks. So uh, it's been quite a challenge to... Uh, get involved in that and support that, especially given that the speakers are speaking UK time, four o'clock, eight o'clock and midnight. <laughs> and so that means I'm still up at like two o'clock in the morning um, on occasions. And um, so, yeah, it's been a bit of a hectic week. I'm still doing the normal coaching that I do as well. Got so many other things um, going on. And this is sort of... Uh, been added on top of it uh, so it's been a busy week so I'm not going to try and be profound in any way <laughs> but uh, just to you know I don't know remind you that uh, when you're doing stuff that you really enjoy although it can be tiring and you can end up doing a bit too much work it's actually not a hardship I've had a really good week it's been great connecting with and working with one of my colleagues who is a great friend as well and so it's been hard but uh, it's also been really enjoyable so uh, again, I uh, keep talking every week about Counterpoint Networking. That's on Monday at two o'clock for an hour. If you go to counterpointnetworking.co.uk forward slash 200615, then that'll take you straight into the bookings for Monday so that you can register an RSVP to say that you're coming. And again, the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 162. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.